this is another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast brought to you by, well, it's just brought to you by me today, guys. Yeah, unfortunately and fortunately, the producer and person that made my podcast sound so beautiful, uh, Mr. Matt Olix, he's just too goddamn good at what he does, man, and uh, I want to congratulate him. Because he got an amazing job with a great company out in the beautiful city of uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. And he will no longer be producing my podcast. Well, he said for at least four months. For four months, he's going to be locked down doing a job. But um, the man's just too damn good at what he does. And I don't think... I'm going to get him back, to be honest, because uh, now he's out there making real money. And uh, I don't know if you guys know, but the Comedy Reject is not exactly a high-paying uh, position. So um, shout-out to you, Matt. I'm extremely happy for your success. I thank you for uh, reaching out to me in the beginning uh, when I said that I want to do a podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, obviously you don't know. But when I said that I was going to start a podcast, Matt was the first person to reach out and say, I want to help you produce this. And um, that's when you heard, you know, like if you go back, you'll even hear the updates with music being entered in and, you know, making it be where you can hear everything so beautifully and so crisp. Uh, I'm going to do my best uh, with with what I've got. Uh, so what you guys are listening to right now is just the raw version of what I used to send to him. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be uh, decent enough for you guys to enjoy for a bit until I uh, figure things out here. So bear with me, my dedicated listeners and followers. I love you guys so much. So much has been going on. And um, uh, the fact that, you know, you guys are still riding with me. In all of these turbulent times, it's crazy. Of course, you guys understand that the world is going all over the place. Before we get into that, did I ever tell you guys a story of how I'm a piece of shit? Let me explain. We've all done things in our lives where we're not proud of, but we wouldn't take it back. And here's what I've done. A long time ago, I was uh, 21 years old. I'll never forget that. 21 years old good times out there just living life being wild and it was my cousin's birthday party my bu cousin's birthday is in, in in late may he had a party in june summertime 21 can you imagine that 21 summertime that's a good fucking time people and so we went to his party my cousin was a dj uh in scarborough and he had a decent following and uh i went out to the party and uh, at this party, I'll never forget, I drove, I didn't even have a driver's license. Um, I had a learner's permit, but like not like allowed to drive. I had a G1 for anyone who knows what graduated licenses in Ontario. I had a G1, that's a learner's permit at 21. And I was driving around my mom's 1996 silver Ford Taurus hatchback uh, to go and hang out. <laughs> <laughs> to go and hang out. I thought I was the shit. I know, like, it's a ugly-ass car, but you have to understand, when you're 21, 
and you are from Scarborough and you actually have a car, it as long as that bitch drives to and from the destination, you are the shit. And people, in that 1996 Ford Taurus, I felt like I was the shit. I'm 21 in the summer. I'll never forget, man. I was dressed up dope, too. I had on the Dickies red shorts with a matching red hat and everything. So I went to his party, and uh, the party was lit. It was in some pool hall kind of looking place. I just remember hanging out next to some pool tables. And the vibes were nice. You know what I'm saying? I was chilling. And at the party, to always help out uh, back in the days, I would always uh, invite people um, because I used to have a good, strong following. And I would always invite people out to the parties. And so I invited out a ton of girls. And like 10 showed up. And so (laughs) my numbers for inviting ladies out are just about as good as my numbers for this podcast. Oh, anyways. uh, But amongst this group of girls uh, was these two beautiful Trinidadian girls. I'll never forget them. Uh, Just absolutely stunning motherfuckers. You know people that just had mad sex appeal? You know, where they're not, they're not tens, but you want to fuck them like they are. Like, that's the kind of people these were. And um, the night was vibing, drinks were going, and uh, me and my cousins are chilling, talking, the party's successful. And one of the girls pulls me to the side. Uh, The two girls are cousins. Um, And one of them pulls me to the side and says, uh, hey, you know, are you driving? I was like, yeah. In my head, I'm like, I'm the shit. But, you know, I'm talking, I'm driving that 1996 Ford Taurus hatchback. Uh, sorry, station wagon. Not even hatchback, station wagon. It's extra ugly. And she's like, well, my mom is not home tonight. And me and my cousin are down to come home with you and your cousin. And my heart stopped. I'm like, are you serious? And they're like, well, if he can't come, we're still down to come together with just you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is like the most amazing thing that you could ever imagine hearing. As a 21-year-old driving a 1996 Ford Taurus station wagon, two fucking gorgeous women in their 20s want to take you home. Now, I don't live alone when I'm 21. I live in my mom's basement. But when you need to make something happen, you can make it happen. So my cousin was not standing too far away from me. And he was like, what was she saying? And I told him, and he got excited. He was like, hell yeah, I'm in. And so the night's going on. You know what I mean? I go and I ask the other cousin, I'm like, uh, is this what's going down? And she's like, pfft. Why are you even asking? If you asking, let's get it. You know what I mean? Let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Like, she was gangster. I was like, dope. So, I was like, fuck yeah. So, now I'm drinking. Now, back in those days, my uh, my Viagra, my <laughs> everybody has their, like, young guy hard dick serum. Mine was six Heinekens. That's it. I would drink six Heinekens. And I wouldn't drink more, I wouldn't drink less. I would only drink six Heinekens because that six Heinekens for me at 21 was that perfect level of drunk where my dick would be rock hard 
but I ain't go fucking flop. You know what I'm talking about, guys, when you get too, too drunk and the dick don't, you know what I mean? You know how the dick go when you're too drunk. It look like a fucking, <laughs> like a shitty friend leaving the party that you're trying to hold up. It's terrible. So I drank my six Heineken's, and uh, the ending of the night was coming, and at this point of the time, they're playing soca music. And Soka is like uh, from the Caribbean, from Trinidad, for my p- listeners who don't know what Soka music is. And so the cousins are taking turns dancing with me, and it's just getting wild. And at one point, uh, my cousin's DJing, the party's still not done. And one of the cousins says to me, Yo, let's just get out of here, man. I don't want to be here too much longer. I don't know. Maybe we should just go home. And I'm sitting there, like, having to make the decision of trying to convince her to wait so that we can bring my cousin on his birthday to get to bang these beautiful women. Or I could be a piece of shit and I just could leave while he's playing and take the girls home. So so now I'm, like, having to make this decision and... I go and I ask him how much longer he's going to be because the girls want to go. And he's like, I'll be right there. So I go back and I tell the girls, yo, we ready to wrap up. We getting up out of here. And they're like, great. Now, I didn't even get the chance to tell them that we're still waiting on him. They just grabbed their shit and headed to the car. And so they left and went to my car. And I'm sitting there like, do I wait for him? What do I do? And he's sitting, uh, looking at me from across the room as they're walking out. And he's trying to say his goodbyes and whatever. It's his party. He can't just walk right out. And I get in the car. And I just start the car up and started driving. I was like, fuck it. Uh, You ain't going to make this one. (laughs) And so then he now sees that I'm in my car. And he runs out. And he jumps into his car. So now he's following me. to go where I told him that we're going to the girl's house but really we were going to be going to my house now I I will admit that at that time I thought we were going to uh, go by their house to get sleepover clothes right but when they got in the car they were like who's wearing clothes and so uh, he's following me And he thinks I'm going to their house. He doesn't know where their house is. But he's like far behind. He's like two or three cars behind. And I got to that point where when you're driving and somebody's following you, you can drive in a way where you could lose them or you could drive in a way where you could keep them following you. And I made two quick left turns and drove through a red light and left my fucking cousin behind and sped home back to my house. I ditched my cousin. I ditched him. We still talk about this story to this day, and he always calls me a piece of shit for doing it. And I am a piece of shit for doing it because these are two beautiful women that wanted both of us, and I was too fucking selfish to ever share. So I did two quick left turns, sped through a red light, and drove home and turned off my cell phone. Now, back in the day, you know I mean? When I was 21, cell phones... It wasn't like today. You had minutes and all kinds of shit that that could that could constitute for not answering your phone. I just turned my phone off and said I had no minutes. 
but I have the minutes. So I took them back to my place. I had to sneak them into my house. I had to make them run past my sleeping mother on a couch into the basement. And I had one of the most glorious threesomes that I've ever had in my life. And I know you guys are like, what? They're cousins. Yes, they never touched each other. They just, you know what I mean? They got naked. And I would sit, I was laying in the middle and they got naked on each side of me. And I would just take turns making out with the two of them, then fucking the two of them. And it was beautiful. It was magical. I'm not going to go into super deep details, but there was fireworks. I saw, I saw heaven. I saw the, the mountains, the moons, the rivers, and the stars. I saw heaven when I made sweet love to them. And um, it was one of the most amazing, magical nights. And the next morning, I turned my phone on. And uh, to a barrage of text messages of my cousin being like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, anyways, man, that's my story. Of how I was a once a piece of shit. But anyways, back into the podcast. Uh, there's a lot going on right now, man. And a lot of people are fucking angry. I don't think anybody's happy. But there's just a, a big divide between the anti-maskers and the pro-mask, anti-vaxxers and pro-vaccinators. And... It's uh, it's a troubling time right now, and uh, as I'm telling you guys this, there is a brand new lockdown, another second wave lockdown, and this one is very strict, so it's like how the original one was where no restaurants are open and of uh, no, 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 no outside events, no inside events, you're not allowed to have people over at your house, yada, 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 um, and, um, you know, it's uh, it's pretty fucking wild right now. And it's. Uh, I'm just going to be honest and tell you guys how I feel about this, because the way I see things is that nothing that's happening right now uh, has not been predicted. Like they said, if we get lax that the numbers are going to go up. And if the numbers go up, there'll have to be a second lockdown. And then, of course, the numbers went through the roof. I live in Edmonton, Alberta, and our numbers, I remember when we were at 84 cases in Edmonton, 84 cases in a city of 800,000 people. Today, 10% of the population that they have tested have covid and that's a ridiculous jump from 84 people to now 10% of the population in a city of, let's call it a million people, that's 100,000 people, you know what I mean, estimated, because it's not like they tested the whole province, but it's, it's pretty fucking wild. And so, of course, I lost all my gigs and... Um, I'm 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 back on the on the on the uh ain't got no money path and uh I have to apply again for that CRB shit. I hate it, but I don't really have a choice. I um um 
with the because they did a two part lockdown. So on the first part of the lockdown, I lost like four thousand dollars worth of gigs, um, and then in the second one, I lost another three thousand five hundred, and that uh, may sound like a lot of money to you guys, but that's not even half of what I used to make uh, during the Christmas time. Like the Christmas time was what we called corporate season where we would make anywhere from 20 to $50,000 in a month and that would take care of us for the rest of the year. Um, because, you know, with comedy, you, it's up and down all the time. January is a terrible month. February sucks. March, things start getting back on their feet. And then uh, March, April, May is good. Then June, July, August are terrible. And then September to December is the gold month, you know, uh, for comedy. And um, so I was uh, just trying to get through the months to just be able to have enough money to pay my bills for the three months. And, you know, I mean, for, for November, December and January. And now I don't have anything and so i mean i understand the anger of people who have small businesses because i think it's fucked up that if you have a small business and you're now deemed not uh allowed to be open that you still have to pay rent i think it's so fucked up that anybody during the lockdown has to pay rent if you have if you can't work due to the pandemic why the fuck should you still be expected to pay bills? I think if they did something where they said, like, hey, nobody has to pay rent during the lockdown and nobody, uh, you know, and people can get subsidized groceries. If you did that, I don't think there would be so much fucking war in the streets right now. But a lot of people are given zero uh, options. And I can only imagine owning a restaurant or a bar or or something where, you know, like the, the profit uh, margins for restaurants and bars are slim enough as it is. And to imagine that now they have to close and then they have to pay like some places pay like thirty thousand dollars a month, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars a month in rent. And you can't be open for two, three months at a time. That's it. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're not going to make it. And I'm seeing a lot of small businesses collapse and close and I feel bad for them, man. And it's just it's just frustrating because uh, if you're on the far, you know, far right or far left, you're both crazy and fucking stupid. It's the people in the middle I feel sorry for who are like, you know, we trying to navigate through the storm and get through the craziness. So. I mean, as fucked up as it all is, I just, I just hope that uh, the vaccination comes out uh, and that it's successful. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, are you pro-vaccination? Are you anti? I'm neither, to be honest. Uh, I want the vaccination to be successful, not because I want to take it, but because if the vaccination is a success, then people who are worried about dying from COVID-19 can be vaccinated and restrictions can be lifted and the world can go back to doing what we do. And they would actually treat COVID the same way they treat the flu. And if that's how things were, then 
it'd be a great day. You know what I mean? We'd be back. You know, and um, because, yes, people did die from the flu as well. And when they've had their vaccinations for the flu, which they do every year, um, uh, it allows people to operate. You know, we've never uh, thought about the. Remember when COVID first came out and they were like, it's like the flu. Why would you have a lockdown for the flu? But the reality was, is that people died from the flu as well. But there was a vaccination for it that they got every year uh, with COVID. I hope it's the same thing. And it's just like a vaccination that they get every year. And then I can go back to doing what I do. Me personally, I've never got a flu vaccination, but also I've never had the flu. And um, I've stayed completely healthy during this COVID time. And uh, um, I have uh, never really been a person that gets sick. Uh, I'm not a person that believes that if I get sick, that COVID will kill me in any way. But we don't know the long-term effects of COVID, and I just don't want to get it. You know what I mean? Straight up. I just don't want to get it. I just I just don't want to get it, ever. So uh, I'm not going to get the vaccination, but I do want the vaccination to be coming out and be successful. And, um, you know, all these conspiracy theorist people you're exhausting i mean it's it's fucking exhausting i think it's hilarious how so many of these conspiracy theorists can figure out all these government fucking cover-ups but they can't figure out why they ass is single and home or why the man or woman cheated on them or left they ass why don't you spend some more time figuring that shit out and then um you overly um you know people on the other side who are snitching like, don't do that. I think that's that's horrible. People snitching, people calling the cops on people who are getting together. Yeah, don't do that, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. Isolate yourself. Keep to yourself. Do your best to wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And wear your mask and stay away from people. But don't be calling the cops, sending them to people's homes. Because a lot of people, you don't know what they're going through. And you don't know the the uh because i'm an introvert right as as friendly as and as fun as i am it's exhausting for me to be around people so i am okay being alone on this lockdown you know i've even taken time away from seeing my kids as often as i want to just to make sure that there's good periods of time in between our visits to make sure that there's no sicknesses being transferred from me to them or from them to me, whatever. Um, I'm okay being alone, but I have friends in my life who are extroverts and they get run down being alone. And so them having somebody over or a friend or whatever, it, it really is what recharges them. It's what keeps them alive, you know, emotionally and so don't do that, man. Don't be that on the far on the far left where you're, you know, doing dumb shit like that. Like, I don't even know which one is the correct one, far left or far right. But if you're on the far left or far right, you're far gone. That's all that it is. And so don't don't be either. Don't be sitting there calling people sheep because they want to get a vaccination to protect them from a fucking pandemic that shut down the fucking world. 
And don't be the person who calls the cops on people because they want to spend time with their fucking family. You know what I'm saying? It's it's crazy. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of stress. But uh, what I like, what I'm learning and seeing is that we as a we as a people should learn to be more empathetic when we start to hear and see, you know, people uh, in different countries going through shit. Because this is this is like simple shit. Wear a mask. There's a pandemic out. We're gonna lock it down for a month so that nobody gets crazy sick. And people are like, this is a travesty. The Charter of Rights, and you're violating my rights to live. And yet, when motherfuckers were coming from different countries because they were being murdered in the streets, we were like, don't let them in. Well, not all of us, but there's people who were like, fuck immigration. We don't want these people coming in. You know what I'm saying? And now when we're going through what other countries would have been called a minor fucking inconvenience we're out here acting like the world's coming to an end for us so you know what i'm saying if you're on either spectrum calm the fuck down that's how i feel honestly i'm in the middle all right i uh i am not gonna get vaccinated but i will make sure to be tested uh to provide uh a negative result for any kind of large-scale event that requested that's where i'm at man so that's that's where I'll stick on that for now. Um, I do have some amazing other news, though. Although everything is being shut the fuck down, and I'm trying to figure out ways to um, keep shit rolling, um, my website has been updated. Um, I have an amazing... I find... I, I, I gotta admit that I get blessed with a lot of great, talented people. And one of those amazingly talented people is the person who has done my website. His name is Stan. Stan, if you're listening, you the man, dog. Like, honestly, you are the fucking man. Like, this guy puts up with me and my miserable shit. I I am a terrible person to work with because I'm very fucking nonchalant about a lot of things, and my website is one of them. And Stan, uh, like, I pay him to update my site and make it amazing. And he doesn't just take my money. And, you know, he takes my money, but then when I he says, these are the things that you got to provide me, and 99% of the time, I don't provide it for him. And what he'll do is he'll just keep on me until I finally give him everything that he needs. He doesn't even need to do that. He could have just taken the money and been like, you never provided me with the material, go fuck yourself. But that's not what he does. He, in fact, one month when I lost all my gigs... He said, well, the money that you pay me to update the site, I'm going to add to the site. And what he added to the site was something fucking beautiful, people. He's made it where the podcasts, the Comedy Reject podcast, can now be listened to and downloaded directly from my website. And my two comedy albums, Stay Together and Corporate Clean, can be played through download it through and listen to well that's pretty much the same two thing download it play through listen to listen to and play down th- you guys know what the fuck i mean man you can get both of my albums directly from my website as well as the comedy reject podcast so from now on just go to sterlingscottlive.com sterlingscottlive.ca or sterlingscottlive.com 
and you can now get the Comedy Reject podcast. Every single episode, every single fucking one is going to be up there on the website. So look out for that. You can go to it right now. You can go today, right now, and you will see this episode as well as every other episode up on there. And I'm super excited about that. Shout out to Stan Gray. Uh, if you want a website done, I'm telling you, hit this guy up. Actually, DM me if you want his actual contacts. I follow him on Instagram and, and Facebook. If you ever typed in Stan Gray with any of my friends, you'd find him. Um, if you guys wanted, I would send you his info. Uh, I, I'm not saying it right now because uh, I'm fucking... I'm doing this podcast off the top of my head, and I didn't think to have his shit in front of me. Actually, let me find his shit, man. Let me just find his shit. Where's Stan, where's your shit? Stan, where is your shit? Uh, let me see. I can't find it. Oh, I'm going to find it on Instagram. That's what I'm going to do. No, 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 no. I don't like how Instagram did this new... Um, thing where when you're uh, trying to go through your timeline, once your timeline comes down to the end, uh, it'll say, you're all caught up for all the posts for today. And then instead of going into the older posts, they just give you a whole new page of things they tell you to look at. I don't like that shit. I don't like that shit at all. I follow the people I follow so that I can look like and support their shit. Not whatever the fuck they're trying to force down my throat. But anyways, I found it. All right. So for Stan, um, uh, go to buildandevolve.com. That's B-U-I-L-D-A-N-D-E-V-O-L-V-E.com. That's the guy who does my website, Phil and Scott Live. So go and check that shit out. I mean, I've been very fortunate. Like I said, I got to have Matt uh, Olix, who was the producer of the comedy album Corporate Clean, who made it sound what like literally one of the best albums I've ever heard. And Stan Gray, who has put together a website that is both friendly, uh, mobile friendly, as well as laptop computer friendly. So go pull that up on your phones right now. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Philandscottlive.com. It's the, it's the shit, man. He really made it. He, he brought it all together, man. I'm so fucking happy with my website. Uh, so thank you, Stan. That's my shout out. Um, and I know my followers are legit. Like, like, as soon as you click onto the site, right, on your phone, it'll be like, welcome to Still and Scott Live. And it'll have my comedy albums. And if you click on comedy albums, the two... Uh, the two album, the, it'll open up and it'll show you the albums, all the tracks, and you can play it, whatever. Then underneath it, it says the podcast, and when you click on it, it goes to the Comedy Reject podcast. Uh, then it has upcoming shows. You click on it, you'll see that I'm fucking broke. Um, then it has underneath that, follow me online, and it actually shows my Instagram posts. It shows my Twitter posts. It shows my Facebook. Yo, this shit is lit. This is legitimately... I couldn't really ask for a better website. And I can tell you guys right now, he has the lowest. This is my third website I've had made in my career. This is the best website I've ever had. And it was the lowest price. Like, he is very, 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 very reasonable. And the fact that he's now connected my social 
as well as my podcast and my albums, I'm going to start doing way more like videos and stuff so that you could just go straight to my website and kick back and just be entertained by the dumb shit I do. I'm actually going to uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, future project. Uh, there's a film studio here in Edmonton and they would like me to do stuff with them. And so uh, what I would like to do is start filming things and then putting, you know, short sketches, TV show ideas, pilots, all kinds of weird shit, and having it on my website that so that you guys could just go to my website, listen to my podcast, hear the album, or watch any kind of TV show idea that I have thrown together. So um, look out for that shit. And um, I'm really excited for that. Uh and the future of what will be the comedy. Because I'm telling you, man, I feel like this is all going to be over in three months. Uh, that's my prediction. All right. Today is December 8th when I'm recording this podcast. And I believe that by March 8th, March 8th is my prediction, guys. Let's see if I'm right. March 8th, I believe that we will be back to where shit's normal again. Not fully normal, but like we can do regular shit again. Because I believe after the vaccine comes out, everyone's going to be acting like they don't want to take it. But believe you me, over half the people will take that vaccination. And once over half the people take that vaccination and the numbers go down and the hospitals are alleviated of all that pressure, we're going to fucking be fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to be right back to where we are, people. That's my... That's my... um. That's my belief. And um, I'm saving this. I was saving the what I'm going to say next because it's not funny. It's not entertaining. It's sad as shit. And that's why I'm saying this at the end of the podcast because I didn't want to fucking doom and gloom you guys <laughs> too much in the beginning. Um, but it's uh, this COVID thing has gotten to the point where I lost one of my friends. Um. Ricky Lamb. Ricky was one of the one of the nicest, most beautiful souls in Edmonton, and uh, he came out to everybody's events, and he did everything to support so many people in the city, and you know he was just the shit. Like he was just the fucking nicest guy. And Ricky came out to one of my shows. And there was a staff member who had gotten infected with COVID at my show. Ricky thought that he could have contracted COVID from that show. And I got tested and I got negative results. But Ricky wasn't so lucky. He got tested positive. And he posted every day so that people could see and be aware of how this disease affects somebody that they know. On the fifth day of him having the virus, he messaged me and he said that he's not doing too well, but when he gets out of this, that he's going to make sure to spread the word 
and let people know that COVID-19 is no joke and that uh, it's unexplained why some people it hits so hard and why some people it doesn't. She texted me that at 11.35 a.m. 24 hours later, Ricky was dead. I'll never forget that guy. And I'm always going to do my best to support his memory and support his message and try to do just the smallest level of love that that guy provided to the world. If I could do that as well, to try to honor his memory. I dedicate this podcast this memory and this moment to Ricky Lamb be safe out there guys I love you my dedicated 40 and I know 40 is a shitty low number but every week you guys tune in and every week you guys fucking uplift me and send me little messages and shit like tell me little laughs and shit that you get And every time you guys do that, it makes me it makes me reminded of how Ricky was. So thank you guys. Thank you, Ricky. And I hope you are dancing somewhere in the afterlife. This has been another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast. Thank y'all for fucking with me. I'm out of here. <laughs>